the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wobizzle Podcast for women who own or aspire to own their own businesses. I'm Michelle. And I'm Melissa. And we're here to give you the tips and tools you need to succeed. Let's get started. Well, today is episode seven of the Wobizzle Podcast, and the topic today is when is it time to fire a client? Oh, yes. When is it time? We're going to go over some of the reasons to fire a client and how to do it gracefully. It's pretty timely for us this week, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I uh, actually, what, about a week, week, week and a half ago, I fired two clients within two days of each other. Nice. I mean, not necessarily. (laughs) Yeah. And then also I had a new potential client come in during the same time frame and I just didn't think it was going to be a right fit for me, so I referred that new client to somebody else. So, And I tell you what, it's not easy. No, it's one of the toughest things I've ever done. I never regret doing it, but the buildup is just the, oh, the agony. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, you know, there are a lot of different reasons that you might want to consider um, firing a client. And it is super scary because you're thinking, gosh, I, maybe I need the job, maybe I need uh-huh. the money. Um, but sometimes... Sometimes you just need to let to it go. Do it. You yeah. do. You yeah. do. It's for your own good and quite frankly, it's for their own good too. The two clients that I fired just a few weeks ago uh-huh. both thanked me. They well, were, that's nice. Yes. And oftentimes if it's not a good fit for you, chances are it's not a good fit for them either. Exactly. Exactly. So Some of the top five reasons, well, I tell you what, scope creep. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Yes, scope creep. Yeah. And so Scope creep, you know, if you if you haven't been listening in, scope creep is when the project creeps outside of the original scope. So basically what it whatever it was that you agreed to do for the client, you're doing, but then they start kind of throwing this other stuff in as well. And sometimes it's everything but the kitchen sink. I'm in the midst of a project right now that is creeping far beyond the scope. Yeah. And it happens, you know, it's not always like a malicious thing or it's not always that you're being taken advantage of. Quite frankly, I think um, a lot of times when you have a client, especially somebody you've been working with for a while, they realize your worth and they realize how talented you are. And so they start, they trust you and they start right. kind of adding things on without them even realizing that, you know, this is going to cost more or this is more than you bargained for. Um, or sometimes it's outside of your skill set. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's outside of your skill set. And, you know, I think really a lot of times they just kind of feel like you're an extension of your their team. Uh-huh. You know, they have a person. Right. You know, they've got somebody that can do stuff Here's for Here's my them. marketing person. Here's my media person. Right. So they just kind of keep adding on. And so you have to make the decision at that point whether you 
whether you press the pause button, whether you have a conversation with them about expanding the scope and therefore expanding the budget, et cetera, et cetera. Or in some cases, if it, if it becomes a burden on you and if it's interfering with other, other projects, uh, you may you may choose to just let them go. Right. Well, in what in my experience, scope creep can handle, or you know, can occur with two different types of clients. You've got your regular routine client, or you know, maybe your retainer client. And there'll, mm-hmm. there'll be some expansion there, and it's almost more expected there. Mm-hmm. But it's the one and dones that never quite seem to get done. Yeah. That I struggle with. Yeah, and those are the ones that you probably, you know, the regular clients, if you have a good relationship with them and they're just, you know, occasionally those those projects are scraping. <laughs> There's my hot waters boiling. I'm sorry, <laughs> I've got tea. Can you hear that? <laughs> I apologize. We've got we have a, really, a full service studio yeah. here, whatever you need. <laughs> but yeah, so it's more th- those regular clients where, where occasionally you experience scope creep or maybe you start experiencing it more and more. You know, if you have a good relationship with them, you want to keep them as a client, then you just need to have some conversations with them. And go back to our podcast on scope creep and listen in on on our strategies for that. But you're right. Those one and dones. Yes. Sometimes people forget what what was agreed upon. Right. I had had one like that uh, a while back and ended up never, we never ended up finishing the project. We both kind of just pressed pause on it, but it just kept going and going and going right and adding this or changing this or back and forth and back and forth and what should have been done in four to six weeks six months later it was still on my list right well and that's the thing it's taking up bandwidth when it's on your list mm-hmm. and you know a lot of times you can say sure i can do this or i can do this it's going to cost an extra five hundred dollars a lot of times that will end the conversation or it will close the project mm-hmm. they're either going to pay the five hundred dollars for you to get it done or they're going to halt and make another plan. Um, so that's a great way to address the one and dones. And the other ones, like you said, it's just a conversation. Let's redefine the boundaries. Make sure that it's something that works for you and your client. Yeah. So before you make that choice to fire them, you know, give some thought to to their value, uh, their long term value to you as a client. Right. Um, and yeah. And yeah. Just kind of give it some thought before you actually do it. Another reason, uh, top five reason to fire a client, <laughs> I've dealt with this before, the hagglers. Oh, the hagglers. Those hagglers. You know, here's the thing. A lot of them can't help it. It's just who they are, right? You think? <laughs> <laughs> you, ha- you have a much better view. I know, but d- just because it's just who they are doesn't mean you have to work with them. Right, you know? <laughs> right, right. So they're the folks that either want a better price on everything. Everything. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that the clients who pay the least expect the most. Oh, yes. So they become scope creepers often as well. But um, they're either folks that just can't help themselves, they want a better price, or they just frankly don't recognize your worth. Right. And... That you know, that's not good. You need you need to be working with folks that recognize your worth. And I dealt with this. Um, I when we were thinking about this topic and and doing a podcast on it, I was thinking about okay, when you know I had some recent cases of firing clients, but when else in my eight years have being a freelancer have I fired clients? And I started thinking about it, and I I fired somebody very early on which was terrifying to me. Oh, yeah. It is so scary, especially in the early days. Yeah. And I think this is it. It's over. Exactly. I'm never going to work in this industry Ah, again. They're going to tell everybody. Exactly. And um, I actually fired fired this company because they were 
they were ridiculous hagglers. So I had um, been doing a little bit of work for them, just a little bit of copywriting. And, you know, they were in a niche a slice of the industry I was working in that I really wanted to get my foot in the door. It was it was like a travel mm-hmm. kind of company. And I really I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great to do projects for travel companies? Right. You know, how exciting would that be? And so they I was might doing, send you to travel. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. And so I was doing a little bit of copywriting work, um, helping them out with some email campaigns that they had going on. And they knew that I had a background in video. And so they uh contacted me and said, hey, we've got a video project that we'd like your help on, and can you give us an estimate? And basically, I was like, yeah, this is really exciting. Maybe now, you know, I'll get my foot in the door and I'll have some... You can travel and shoot video. Right, you can travel, you know, this is the thing I love to do. So so I gave them a a quote on the the, um, project, and I lowballed it. Like, it was going to be, I thought... I was pretty sure, I think it was like $1,500, $1,800 was the quote for this project. Uh-huh. And I thought I was lowballing it. I thought it was really going to probably cost me three grand or more right. to do it. But I wanted in that industry. Well, and sometimes those are concessions you have to make. Right, exactly. So I don't like, recommend doing it all the time, but if it opens a big door. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to lowball this. It was just editing. It was editing video that someone else had shot. And it was a lot of video. And... Um, so I was like, okay, it's going to cost about this much, but I'm going to I'm going to lowball it because I want more projects with them, and so or at least want want something in my portfolio that reflects what I can do for this industry. So another client may see and say, hey, we we need your help too. So I sent the quote in, and they came back with so again I think it was fifteen hundred eighteen hundred dollars. They came back and said, well we've we've talked to somebody that can do it for two hundred fifty dollars. Oh my gosh, two hundred fifty dollars, right? I and, seldom turn on my computer for $250. Right, exactly. And so I I very promptly, which was great, because I can be decisive to a fault sometimes, but I think this is one of the situations where it was good. Right. I didn't mull it over at all. I, at that moment, something snapped in my <laughs> head, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And so I, I just emailed back, and I said, well, I think you should probably hire them instead. <laughs> Because you're going to, if, right. if they can no do it. Right, there's no way you could do the project for $250. I, right, and I told them, I said, there's no way I can do it. And I honestly think they were just haggling with me. They were, they, I don't, there is no way anybody in their right mind no. that was a professional video editor could have said, we'll do that for $250. There's no way a professional could do a project, period, for no. $250. No. And so then I just kind of, I mean, I just, I just let it fizzle out. I just let it fizzle out. He didn't actually say, I'm never going to work with you again. What uh-huh. are you kidding me? You've offended me. You've insulted me. I ne- didn't do any of that. I just kind of let it fizzle out. And uh, I'm happy I did because I I actually, it took a couple years, but I actually ended up getting a really good project within that industry with a different company. Nice. And did it open more doors for you? Yes. And Look I actually got to travel uh, to... And travel? Yes. To Austria, to Germany, oh, to... Please. To hung- Hungary, uh... Slovenia, yes, I actually got to travel as a result of it. Nice, and so and have a really good solid relationship with them. They're not a regular client, but every once in a while they pop. But if up. they send you to Austria, right? Whatever. They pop up on my radar Call me when you can. Yeah, they pop up on my radar every once in a while and have something for me to do. So, so it all worked out in the end. Good for so, you. But yeah, hagglers, you have to you you need to decide when to put your foot down. 
Well, and it's easier said than done sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I feel pretty confident putting my foot down now because it's like, you're going to get what you pay for. Right. What I can do in one hour, it would take somebody starting out two or three. Yes. So you're going to pay the same rate. Right. Exactly. Ultimately. But in the beginning, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. And this it's was early so hard. On. This mm-hmm. was early on for me. And it was, but I was just, you know, like I said, something just snapped when I was like, right. uh, no, mm-hmm. no, no, I'm no. not going to do it. I'm, n- uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, you've got to, you have to decide when you, you have to make that choice. You do. Well, and another reason to fire a client I've got a lot of experience with <laughs> is the clients who kind of push themselves to the front of the line or expect you to be always on. Instant access. Instant access. For $250 a month, you think you've bought a marketing person. <laughs> and it just doesn't work that way. And, you know, I've got a couple of long-term clients, and I am part of their team. Mm-hmm. And I do love that because it helps me do my job better. Right, you're consistent. You're I am consistent. consistent. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for right. having having that type but of I've relationship. But I've had I've had other clients in the past that I've had to let go because of this because I work in blocks. Mm-hmm. And so if you're buying 5 hours of my time, chances are I'm going to do those 5 hours on a Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. all 5 of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe 4 with a follow-up. Yeah. But that's what it is. And I don't have time to drop whatever I'm working on to take whatever you need because a lot of times I've sold that block of time. I don't check my email. I don't check my phone because I'm on someone else's clock. Mm-hmm. And then I you know, take a break, check everything, go back. Um, but I, I had a client years ago, and if I didn't answer the email, they, w- they would text me. Oh, if I, I didn't answer the text message, they would call me. Mm-hmm. And this all happened within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And... They were a very low-paying client. They Mm -hmm. questioned every single invoice that I sent Mm -hmm. them. They haggled on price, Mm -hmm. and they expected that for $200 to $500 a month, because this was years ago, and it was a very minimal project, or it was supposed to be, be. (laughs) um, they had a person. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't get a person. If you want a person available to you from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. I want a freaking benefit package and some digits. Yes, exactly. And unless you're throwing those on the table, which I don't even want that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying it costs to have someone at your disposal. And so if you want someone at your disposal from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, chances are you should hire someone in-house. Right, exactly. Hire someone because it's going to cost way too much to have a freelancer. Yeah. And it's going to be difficult to find one who can drop whatever they're working on to help you at a moment's notice. Yeah, I've had I've had that happen uh, quite a bit. And occasionally that happens with some of your regular clients, maybe a certain project or that type right. of thing. You get that. You're going to have... On occasion, On occasion, you're going to have when, when one of your regular clients is going to need to push themselves to the front of the line right. or whatever. And I get that and I understand that. And, and if you're working with them regularly, you can kind of plan for those well, things. Well, you can uh, often forecast it. Right. But yeah, when you get somebody that's a, a new client or and if they're new and you want to maintain the relationship with them, you think it can work out, but immediately they're showing these signs of behavior, you just have to nip that. Yeah, you have right to set away. the boundary you right away. You have to say, look, you know, you have to remind them. And I've had that happen before with clients who... Um, who have kind of pushed themselves to the front of the line and have had a, just had a conversation with them and they're like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not your only client. I mean, they, they understand. Right. And they want to be the only client. Right. You, and it's a really, it's a fine line because you want them to feel like they are. You right. want to give because them the level of service. Because their work is a priority. You right. want to deliver. Yeah. You want to give them a level of customer service and feeling like, like you're their, you know, they're your only client, but at the same time, you don't want them to think that they're 
<laughs> you, they're your only client because you can just get into right. a whole, whole kind of mess that way. Well, and a lot of times you can even say, I've only got this much availability this week. Right. I can't dig into this until next week. And if they're an ongoing client, they're going to get it. Right. If it's something they need done faster, they'll have it done in-house or they'll bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you'll have somebody that you can outsource to and yeah. say, hey, can you do this thing? But... You know, it's just boundaries with yeah. us a lot. But if, if you've got someone who won't respect the boundaries, mm-hmm. then it's time to let them go. Well, and sometimes unless they, unless you have that conversation, you have to be brave enough to have the conversation. And it really doesn't take that much bravery. I mean, this is just business. Keep right. that in mind. And so rather than be upset with someone for pushing themselves to the front of the line, when you haven't told them, hey, I'm sorry. you can't do this. You know, you, you need to have that conversation and say, look... I, here's when I can get that done, mm-hmm. or here are how many hours I have available to you, or I have two other projects that are priority ahead of yours. Here's when I can slide right. yours in. And I've had that happen. I had recently, uh, I was working on a website, um, the content for a website for someone, and he needed it fast. And I just really appreciated his style. And, um, you know, he asked, he's like, can you turn things quickly? And I said, well, let me tell you where I am on things. This was a brand new client. I, I've not even ever met him in person. I think I spoke to him on the phone once. And he said, can you turn things quickly? Because I'm kind of in a rush. And I said, well, usually I can. And let me tell you what my situation is. Um, you know, I've got two projects ahead of you. And I can slide you in because it's it was small. It was right. basically just a consolidation of content rather than starting from scratch writing. Oh, that's easier. Yeah. And so I was like, here, you know, and then I was out for a week on a video shoot. And I'd be like, here, here's, here's the realistic picture. And it all worked. You know, the bouncing back and forth, it, we, all, we made it work. Nice. And it wasn't, I couldn't, his, his deadline was internal. You know, it wasn't like he had to have it ready by a certain thing for an event or right. that type of thing. It was internal to a certain extent. I mean, he did have some reasons for wanting it done pretty quickly. But we were able to make, you know, manage the expectations and say this is the realistic possibility right. here. And got it done. As a matter of fact, I just invoiced him this morning for the the last half of the project. So I was just, I was really gr- grateful to, he obviously had done this kind of thing before. Right. And knew how to, you know, have the, those conversations to get things done the way, you know, in the time frame that he wanted them to. So I wasn't sitting there being angry about him pushing hard for, to get something done when I had all this other stuff on my plate and not communicating to him. You know, you've got to communicate. you got right. to say. Well, and I think you hit on something important there. He's been here before. Mm-hmm. He knows how things are done. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times these conversations depend on the client. Right. In my mind, the bigger the client, the easier they are to work with because they've been to this rodeo before. They know how things are done. They have a realistic mm-hmm. understanding of timelines. Yes. They have a realistic understanding of deadlines and on the fact that we have to make a living and juggle other clients. Right. And so sometimes it's the big clients who are the, the dream clients. Yeah, really. It, that's true because oftentimes if you're working, especially when you're working with a startup or uh, you know, a solopreneur, somebody who's... Uh, wanting just to, I mean, they're moving quickly. They need somebody to move quickly with them. Uh, they don't, and maybe they've never hired a freelancer before. Right. They don't under, They don't get it. They feel like, oh, I've hired somebody, so I'm going to get this. Done. I have a person. Right. They don't realize that you are just one person. You know? Right. <laughs> well, and and yeah, I mean, and sometimes people just don't understand 
the process. Right. And it's always a dream when you get the client who does. I mean, I've even worked on site for people Mm -hmm. who don't understand the process. Like, it really does take time. I really do have to call people. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And I can't snap my fingers and be like, oh, there it is. I mean, if I could, oh my gosh, I would have retired 15, 20 years ago. I would have just snapped my fingers and made all kinds of money. Yeah. And it is funny, too, like when you have somebody that pops up in the middle of uh, just, they haven't, you haven't talked to them, maybe you've done work with them before, or they pop up in the middle of, you know, whatever, you haven't heard from them in months, and they need something now. And I just always kind of laugh a little bit because I'm like, do they think that up until this point I've just been waiting? I haven't been doing any work right, for anybody just else. I'm just, just waiting. For I another, have a client like that. For another three hundred dollar job from you, so that I can pay my house payment. And <laughs> I have that client. He'll just pop up, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Can you start on this tomorrow? Can you get it to me next week?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" And they're not little asks either. It's no. usually like, "I need this whole big giant thing yesterday." Yeah. It's like, "Well, then you should have called me six weeks ago." Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is the onus is on you to, to it make is. sure that. You you communicate and instead of just you you can't just be mad about it or frustrated uh when you get to that point you have to you you've got to communicate you do and it, a lot of times it's on you yes but if it if it's something that can't be communicated well mm-hmm. or you can't get the client to understand or you, you just don't go. want to have the conversation <laughs> it's time to let him go it is time so also i mean in some of these projects with scope creep and hang hagglers and then instant access people there's the soul sucking projects oh. and some of those cross over with those they other do things. i mean a lot of these are intertwined like you could have somebody who meets two or three of these yeah. reasons to let them go <laughs> and these are the projects that you probably didn't have a lot of passion for to begin with but you were doing it for the paycheck doing it for the money yes show and me the money we all do that i mean we oh, got to yeah. right we're, do- we're in this for the money right so to but, a point, <laughs> yeah. But you know, when when you're working on something that you just feel like, first of all, for me, it's something that should have a beginning, middle, and end. But you get to the middle, and it looks like there's no end in sight. Oh yes. And it's back and forth and back and forth, like that one I was describing to you that sh- that six months after it should have been already done, it was still on and the my one list. I'm in the middle of right now. Yeah. yeah, it takes so much energy just even just to have it on your list and knowing that it's coming coming at some point. Well, Jack Canfield talks about it. You've got these attention units and you mm-hmm. have a limited amount every day. And when when they're gone, they're gone. You have no more ability to pay attention, which I totally, totally get. Mm-hmm. But when you've got a project that's just hanging open, I've got one right now. I've been waiting six weeks on revisions. <laughs> I mean, six weeks. I should have that thing done and right. forgotten. Mm-hmm. And it's a one and done. It's not, yeah. yeah. So I'm so over it. And and it's still taking attention units every day because I have to think, I better follow up on that. I better right. check on that again. Mm-hmm. Better see what the status is on that. And then lo and behold, client emails me on a weekend ready to wrap it up. And it's like, I don't even have time to touch this for right. a week because right. I've been waiting for six weeks. And so then there's hard feelings in a way because I can't. Finish it up quickly. But if you've built time into your week for six weeks to finish it up, Mm -hmm. there reaches a point where you've got to keep moving and keep your other clients going. Exactly. And and sometimes those can be, those can honestly be projects that at the beginning you did have a passion for. Kind of. But because of whatever was going on the the other side of the project, you just kind of lost it and and just aren't interested. You're just over it. Yeah, you're (laughs) so over it. Done. So you have to have to know when to walk away from those as well, and then I one actually two the two that I that I fired last week were 
honestly work and project compatibility. So that's kind of the the fifth reason is when something's just not a good fit. Right. And the one that I referred, I so th- and I had three things in one week. I fired two clients and referred a brand new one after I talked to him a little bit. And I was like, I could do what he wants me to do, but I just I just got the gut feeling it wasn't going to be a good fit for me. And right. so I just I referred him to someone else and they were happy. They were happy for the referral, very happy for the referral. Right. And um but the other two, it was one with one of them. It was a project compatibility, and with the other one, it was a, a working style compatibility. And one of them, the working style compatibility, a good friend, like a good colleague, someone within my network that I really appreciate and respect. Mm-hmm. But and it was brand new. I just started working with them, and I realized very quickly our working styles were not compatible. Right, you know, and the that's way a big that, thing. Yeah, the way that I manage a project and the way that he needs a project managed were completely opposite. And so rather than, you know, spend the next three, four months being upset and having hard feelings toward him and and right. and me not maybe delivering, you know, the same on opposite side, him him feeling like I wasn't working for him either, but because we're friends and you know, we you know, we've had a relationship for another number of years yeah, everybody's too walking on eggshells and afraid right, to say Right, because you don't anything. want to ruin a relationship, right. especially with someone in your right. network. So rather than do that, I just, it and it was hard. It was hard. Yeah, it's always hard. <laughs> I had to have the conversation with him uh-huh. to say, this. I don't think this is going to work. Right. And um, yeah, it's tough. It is tough, but it's worth it. Yes. I mean, it's better to do it up front like what you did mm-hmm. than six weeks down the road think, I never want to see this guy again right. and to ruin a good relationship. Exactly. And you touched on something important there, the network. You mm-hmm. know, you referred a project on, and that's why it is so important to have a network of people that you know, love, and trust that you can say, hey, I've got this client much more in your wheelhouse. And it's not like I'm going to pass my horrific clients off to a colleague. Right. I'm not going to do that. You, you I mean, do that with, with colleagues that you don't really like very right. much. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Or just say, good luck, and hang yeah. up the phone. But no, I don't do that either. But but when you have someone in your network, like there's things you do mm-hmm. differently than I do. You have skill sets that are we're mm-hmm. very compatible in what we do, but we're also, we have enough things, you know, different that we can refer to one another. And we both have two, three, four people that we Mm -hmm. can trust to get the job done that might have a different specialty or a different area Mm -hmm. of emphasis. And I can't emphasize that enough. You have to have those people. Absolutely. If you don't know those people, find those people. Yes, definitely. Because there will be times that you're, you know, overwhelmed or it's Mm -hmm. just not a good fit or you think so-and-so does more branding, Mm -hmm. so-and-so does more, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can send them on to that so-and-so deliver better service, everybody leaves happy. Right, yeah. And you're throwing some good karma out in the world. Yeah. Like you've taken this problem that you can't solve, but given it to someone who can. They're grateful. They're, everybody's grateful. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful it's not on my desk. Yeah. And I had, it's been probably a year and a half, two years ago, I had a client that it started out um, really excited about what they were doing, and it, but it became a soul-sucking one because there was just, the again, the way that they were managing the project versus the way I was managing the project. Um, they just couldn't keep their hands off the creative. They were technical people, but they couldn't keep their hands off the creative. And when oh. the creative was going back to them, they were kind of, kind of messing it up. Like it, it, you stopped being great, you know, cause I was, right. happy. I had my creative team that was working 
on design and things like that, and we'd submit it, and it was stellar. The stuff we were submitting was was excellent. We do great work. But then they had to just get in there and... and Muck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it became soul-sucking. And I kept trying to tell myself, it all pays the same. Right. Right? I kept trying to tell that's myself... What, that's the mantra of the soul-sucking project. Right. It's like, it's all the same. Yeah, it all pays the same. It all pays the same. And there was so much... We were, we were so... I'm really like target oriented so goal oriented so when i start a project i want to line out the steps to reach that goal and i want to get to that goal and then i want to set a new goal right and i don't like the when you're going um, zigzagging toward the goal and i felt like the whole project was zigzagging and i was getting paid and they were paying fast they were a great paying client when i loved them as people they were wonderful people but the working styles were just so different that i just i had to let them go so I called a friend, a good friend that I, I refer actually quite, you know, occasional right. work to. And I said, I've got a client that I think um, would be a good client for you, but we need to have a discussion about him before I refer you. So we went and You've had, had that discussion with me. Uh, yes. <laughs> about a client. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes, you're right. Yes, I have. yes. So I, I had lunch with her and I said, okay, here's the lowdown. And... Um, I believe they'd be a good client because I think you can serve them. I said, you're more patient than I am. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think that right. was part of our conversation, too. <laughs> because I have, you know, I have this thing. You know, I don't like to zigzag. I like to go straight to the goal. And uh, so we had a long discussion, and I laid out exactly how the relationship was going to go down. I'm like, you can expect this. You can expect this. They're wonderful people. They pay you on time. They pay you well. They don't question your invoices. They're going to they're gonna be a good client for you, but you need to understand that this is the way they operate. Right. And she, I, then I referred them. Uh-huh. And, they, and here's the funny thing. They actually knew they were being fired, which, which was really oh, awkward for me, awesome. too. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> awkward for me because I'd see them then later at conferences and things. And, and it was awkward, but it wasn't, it was nothing personal. It's just, it right. was the working style. But anyway, I referred them to my friend who is, really great at what she does. She does the same thing we do and uh-huh. really great at what she does. And um, she took them on and she, it was, it was a wonderful relationship. Oh, nice. And, and she said, she called me about two, three weeks after she took them on as a client. And she said, you're right about every bit of that. And you're right about every bit of it when you had the conversation <laughs> with me as well. You popped up yesterday. Right, yeah. But you know, I feel like if I'm going to refer and it's, I'm referring because of one of these reasons, right. you know, one of these top five reasons or whatever it is, that I feel like I need to, when I'm referring it to someone within my network, that I feel like I need to give them the full rundown. Here's what you can expect, because you have a choice right now. If you don't want to take on a client like that, then I'll find, I'll talk to someone else. But well, I want you to know what you're getting into before you before And that's great. And, you know, the compatibility issue, like a project that might just be completely at odds with your working style might work perfectly for mine. Right. Or exactly. perfectly for someone else's. You know, not every two people are compatible or mm-hmm. every project is compatible with every, you know, creative. And so finding that compatibility, there's nothing wrong with the client. No. There's nothing wrong with the project. If there were, you would not refer them on. You'd say, good luck, and you'd change your number or whatever. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, just finding that compatibility and then thinking, where can I best serve this client's needs and meet, you know, help, yeah. help my friend. And yeah, we, I mean, we can't do it all. No, so we might as well we be We cannot be all well. things to all people. Yeah. And, you know, you raise a good point about kind of finding that compatibility and how to kind of 
how to move, you know, find the right fits for different right. people. Um, you know, how do, how do you break free? I mean, I feel like you have two options when you're trying to break free from this type of situation. Mm-hmm. You can either cut the cord, like bluntly cut the cord. And when you do cut the cord, you do it in a blameless fashion. Right. You know, you, um, you don't want to burn bridges. Oh, gosh, no. You know, like with my friend, I, I was like, I can't, this is not going to work. Let's, you know, I'd rather find this out sooner than later. Um, here's why. I feel like my working style is different than yours, and it's just a compatibility issue. Right. Let's, let me get you through the next you know, the next few weeks of your project. In the meantime, I'll, I'll be looking for someone that might want to take it on, and you can look, too, within your network, and we'll, we'll make sure that you get... You get where you need to go. We transition this well. So you don't just walk away and, you know, say good riddance and give them the middle finger salute. No, not unless there's something horrible that's happened. I never just walk away. Yeah, there would be, there would probably be cause on occasion to just, to just walk away and let it burn. But, (laughs) right. But um, for the most part, you don't want to, you don't want to burn your bridge. You want to, you want to separate just in a, in a, in a way that they're going to refer, they're going to be thankful, which both of the clients I fired were thankful. Right. They actually communicated back to me and said, thank you for realizing this early uh-huh. on in our relationship so that, um, yeah, so that it doesn't, um, it doesn't get out of hand later and there aren't hard feelings later. Right. I mean, you don't want to burn any bridges. You want to maintain your professionalism and you, you hit on it there where you're going to see them through the next step or see them through a handoff. Yes. If at all possible, do that. If you're neck deep in a project, if you can't finish it for one reason or another, or if it's a retainer client, you'd put in a two week notice at a job. Right. I've put in a six week notice yes, at a job I have before. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd put in a notice on a job, so you put it in on a client. Yeah. You think, at the end of the year, I'm not going to be able to help you with this anymore, but we're going to mm-hmm. take this transition time between now and then and find someone who can. Exactly. I will work with them to bring them up to speed. I will do what I can to help you through this smoothly. I mean, you want it to be a good a good parting because yeah. you want them to have good feelings, and you want to leave with good feelings, and you want to ultimately make sure that their needs are being met. Absolutely. Yeah, so if you are going to cut the cord... Try to do it in the most professional manner as possible. I I actually had to return a deposit. I had to return five hundred dollars because I I know <laughs> the first time in my career that I stopped a project midstream because the project wasn't compatible with me. Right. That I didn't think I was going to be able to deliver on their expectations. They had already paid me five hundred dollar deposit mm-hmm. on the project, and I I communicated with them. I said, you know what. I, this is really awkward for me. Right. Um, I've never had to do this before, but after kind of back and forth with some feedback on what had already been done, uh-huh. I said, I really don't think I'm the right person for this. I right. think you need someone else. And so I said, I'll be returning your deposit. And I already had some hours in on the project, but I was like, I'm going to be returning your deposit because I'm not going to deliver right. the product to you. And I'm also going to offer you a referral on some folks that I think might be able to help you. Right. And so um, they were very grateful. Uh, you know, I probably could have kept the deposit. I mean, I might have ended up in small claims court over it, but it would have burned a bridge. Have felt, it, it wouldn't have felt, felt right. right. It, and, you know, it wasn't easy to turn five, return $500. It's not easy. But, 
you know, it was the right thing to do. Right. It was the right thing to do. And but you need to walk away from whatever the situation is with integrity. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that one thing that we could back up here and look at just a little bit, a lot of times, you know, you, you let the one client go early on. Mm-hmm. You're like, this isn't going to work. Be hyper vigilant during yes. your bidding processes and be, during your discovery meetings. Mm-hmm. If you are coming, you know, being brought in on a project that you think is not compatible or is not going to work or you feel out of alignment with for whatever reason, say no. Yes. Yeah. I've done that. And it's so much easier to say no in the beginning yes. than it is halfway through going, I didn't need the money this bad. Like, right. Exactly. Just say no or say, at this time, I don't think that I can deliver what you need mm-hmm. or at this time, I don't have the bandwidth in my calendar or whatever. Yes. Just don't take it in the first place. Right. And that can be tough because you think, you know, I'm, I can I need save the, it. I need the payday. I need the money. You know, but it's not going to be worth it. No, it's it isn't. Not, and yeah. if, you, if you have those alarm bells going off inside, pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. Oh. And I had that with the, with the, um, the project that came in the same time. I just fired two, two uh-huh. clients and a call came in, a referral and, uh, the person needed uh, two things. He needed three things. Two of them I could do no problem very easily. Third one's going to get third one. The third one I was like, it's not really my thing. I could do it. Would I be great at it? I don't know. I could probably, but it would take me time to get up to speed, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I just, you know, I contacted somebody in the network and said, hey, do you do this? And yes, yes, I do. Nice. And it happens that she does one of the other two things as well, and possibly the third, I just pass it on. Right. Rather than disappoint him or make him pay too much because it was going to take me too long to do uh-huh. it, she can do it half the time and do it well right. with confidence. Um, so, yeah, and just knowing, being hypersensitive to those things. Which I am totally the pot calling the kettle black on that one. <laughs> because the situation I'm in right now is an annual project. I've done this project before. Last year, you and I discussed this project. Right? And oh, you yeah, said, yeah, never yeah. again. And I said, <laughs> never again. And then it rolled around. And I thought, you know, it wasn't that hard. And it is a lot of money. And I'll it, take it. But it is that oh, hard, isn't it? it is that hard because I just can't get it done. And I just want it to be done. And yeah. I know that I can because mm-hmm. I've done it twice before. Right. But, oh. You're not doing I'm it again next year. I'm not doing it next if year. If you do it again next year. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not doing it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, you know, no matter where you are in the project or even where you are in your career, it's not easy no. to fire a client. It's no. just... It's not. But every single time I have, mm-hmm. something better appears. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, when I was in the process of firing the folks uh, last week, I had another a video project pop up on my radar screen. I had not done any work for this client in five years. Uh-huh. I did a one and done with her five years ago. And she popped up, popped up out of nowhere. Nice. I love that. Right. And this project is going to pay three times what I was making on the other two and a lot more in my lane, Uh huh. a lot more of what I love to do. Right. And it's going to be kind of another one and done. I'm going to have it wrapped up. It'll be two, three days and I'll have the whole thing wrapped up and can move on to the next thing. Chances are, if you hadn't made that space on your calendar by clearing these other people, you wouldn't have been able to take that project on. Or it would have been very stressful because you would have been, you know, maximum bandwidth. Exactly. And I don't need that in my life. No. (laughs) No. And speaking of another thing you don't need in your life, and we didn't really discuss this as we were going through the top five reasons to fire a client, 
disrespectful or unprofessional. Oh, yeah. Like, don't even yeah. hesitate there. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever had to deal with that because I think that probably happens in in that gut phase, like when you're taking them on right. or they're calling, you kind of get that vibe uh-huh. or be sensitive, Be try to train yourself to, your gut's always right. Right. And try to train yourself to be aware of that because no, you don't need that. No, you do not need anyone who's unprofessional. Uh-uh. You do no. not need anyone who's disrespectful to you. Just, yeah, show absolutely. Them the door. Yeah, show them the door or, or walk away before you even say yes to it. Just right. don't. Don't do it. You right. don't need it. You don't need it. You're too good for that. Exactly. And yet yeah, nobody needs the work that bad. No. Nobody. No. And Don Miguel Ruiz says in the four agreements, you will only be treated as badly as you will allow. Disrespect, unprofessionalism, I just won't allow. And these other areas too, you have to decide what you're willing to do, what kind of treatment you're willing to deal with. You know, how is your project going to go? You define that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. so you need to set the boundaries regardless of where you're at in the project or where you're at in the career. You need to set the boundaries that work for you. Yes, absolutely. So when you are trying to break free, uh, again, back to that whole idea of, of, of cutting the cord, uh-huh. um, do it professionally. Right. Uh, do it in a way that you're going to be hopefully be able to maintain that, that relationship, right. that person in your network so that they can refer you. And uh, try to try to keep you know well, a positive positive vibe between you. And chances are, even if you can't take this project or you have to fire this client for whatever reason, they could come back around right years later, which I have happen. Mm-hmm. Yes, like I couldn't help you with this or I couldn't help you with that. But three years later, they want to know if I can do X, Y, Z. Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. if you know, de- depending on the situation, chances are I can. Right. And then another way is to let it fizzle. Oh, yeah. I've done that. Done it. Early on, I did it especially because I didn't have the guts to say no. Right. Uh Uh-huh. I, you know, I was so green. I was so Mm -hmm. early on. I had two babies and I'm like, oh, everybody's going to know that I failed, you know, and it Uh wasn't me failing. It was, it was a bad relationship and it was an imbalance of power Mm -hmm. and uh, I just let it fizzle. Yeah. You can just say, you know, as they're emailing you or contacting you to do stuff, no, I really don't have time right now. Or, you know, you don't have to have that hard conversation. No. If you don't want to flat out say, no, I don't want to work with you anymore. Right. Um, you're crazy. Just, <laughs> right. Then just if you're in between projects for them. Right. Just let it fizzle. And don't, I've done that. Exactly. Because I was just too green to say no. Right. And that's okay. You can do that professionally as well. The main thing is just don't leave anybody hanging with a loose end, if you don't want to tie up that loose end, then let them know so that they can find someone else, right? Or, or you can help help them find somebody to mm-hmm. make the transition, or just let it fizzle in between in between complete projects, right. and yeah, just well, let and the relationship kind of simmer down. This isn't limited to the type of work we do either. I've spoken to people in three different professions this week mm-hmm. who've had to let clients go for other reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to we have to define what we'll take yeah. and what we'll do. And this is a universal problem. Yeah, and the the thing is, just like I found out with the two folks that I had to let go this past week, they they're thankful and they're yeah. going to move on to somebody that's going to be able to, to service them better. Right. You know, I told the one, the friend, I said, you need somebody that has a fewer clients that can be more available to mm-hmm. you and probably somebody at a lower rate because 
You know, well, if you're exactly. going to need all of that back and forth, that takes time. That's a big one, too. A lot of times somebody could hire a VA cheaper mm-hmm. than they can hire me. Exactly. And, and I'll, I'll tell them that. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's it's important for you to, you know, kind of help them help right. them make the transition. But, yeah, those are basically your two, your two ways of, of setting yourself free. So the top five reasons to fire a client, just kind of recapping scope creep. Scope creep. <laughs> and, yeah, whenever, you know. Yeah, whenever it just gets to be too much and you it may be out of your out of your ballpark, out of the out of the realm of things that you want to do or, or that can you can do. do. Yeah, right. exactly. The hagglers that don't uh, recognize your words. Get get rid of them right away. Right away. <laughs> right. You don't ever want to have to work that hard to justify your rate. No, absolutely not. The instant access folks, the folks that hard. think you're only working for them. Yeah, God love them. And yeah. <laughs> The soul-sucking projects, and sometimes you don't know that until you're, you're knee right deep in the middle in it. of it. Yeah, you got your waiters on, and there you are. And we all do it. I mean, don't don't judge yourself too harshly if you take a project for the paycheck because we all do it. Yes, exactly. And then the work or project or uh, even working style personality compatibility when it's just not feeling like a good fit. Right. And that can be the hardest because. That is so just kind of like, it's kind of a personal feeling. And it's fluid. It's right. hard. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. And then break it, when you're breaking free, either cut the cord or let it fizzle. But when you cut the cord, just make sure that you may help them make a transition. Unless it's a situation where they're disrespectful and unprofessional. And then, then you may just want to walk away. But one way or another, you do want to protect yourself from, um, you know, somebody saying, well, they didn't, you know, they just walked away without... Completing the project, they kept my money. Make it right. Do whatever right. you can to make it right, and do whatever you can to make it professional. Right. Um, but yeah, just uh, cut the cord and, and help yeah, them with the transition. Be direct. Be honest, but also be blameless. Don't blame yes. them. Don't blame yourself. Just yes. End the relationship. Exactly. Exactly. So it's time to talk about um, gratitude. Gratitude. You know what I'm grateful for this what? week. I'm grateful that I had the guts to fire my clients. Good for you. Yay. Because because I was I was really stressed out about I had like three I was three flaming balls that I was juggling. I know. And and when I was able to drop two of them, the other one was no longer on fire, you know. So when I was able to drop those two projects, it freed up opportunities for me to do a better job on some of the other stuff I was working on and to work on some exciting stuff that we've got coming up yes. with Bobizzle. Yes, so, yes, So it was a great sense of relief for me and um, alleviated a lot of stress and anxiety. I mean, I had, I had a moment when I had all of those balls in the air when my brain just froze. Like, I couldn't even think. And that's the kind of stress I don't want or need in my life. Well, it's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And it's the stuff, I mean, it's not worth it. Right. Ultimately, it is not worth it. Yeah. And so being able to to separate myself from the situation. Mm -hmm. And and again, the first time in my life that I walked away from a project midstream, I've said no to them after I've, you know, in the beginning, after I've thought, maybe this isn't right for me. Right. And I've walked away from clients after a project's complete. But this is the first time in my career that I walked away from a project midstream, had to return a deposit, except, and have an awkward conversation with the awkward conversation's the worst. Yeah, and so, but it, I had no other choice, right? And I had the guts to do it, and then also had the guts to do to tell a good friend that it wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm very grateful that I recognized that 
that I was able to follow through for my own good and also for them. Right. And I'm grateful that they were that they were grateful that yeah. that that we recognized it early and there were no we weren't going to have any hard feelings. That is a you know that is really inspiring too. It, because firing a client is the hardest thing and to watch you just go bam 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 and just knocking them out. Right. <laughs> had a conversation with my husband. He's had to do the same thing a couple of times mm-hmm. in re, you know recently and that is inspiring because you think look at you you're still working. Your yes. calendar's still full. Right. So is his. I I'm, I'm going to hit record invoicing this month. Record in the history of my business. Nice. Yeah. So I really didn't need those two. I hit the record last month. Good. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> High five. Nice. I know. It was a really good month and That's... at the end of the month I was like oh, I love my life. I mean this month not quite as exciting right. but we're not quite over. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not yet. So not yet. Excellent. Well, in terms of what I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for the people who inspire me. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound really shallow after we've been talking about all these deep things. But I'm really grateful to Zappos. Yes. Oh, you got to share this experience. Well, it's kind of it's kind of a long drawn out ridiculous experience, but their customer service is the best, Mm -hmm. and that's inspiring because you think talk about delivering great customer service. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're an example to follow. I had I had a shipment get lost, no fault of theirs, no fault of mine. It was just lost somewhere in the Midwest, (laughs) and then uh, they sent me a replacement pair, and then the other pair showed up, and it kind of had been kicked the whole way here. Yeah, it was pretty beat up. Right, but but they went so far above and beyond to make it right for a situation that was out of their control. Mm -hmm. They didn't lose my box. It left their place. It just never arrived to mine. Right, it's not their fault. Right, Mm -hmm. but they made it right. They made it so right that I probably will have to buy shoes from them forever. Well, and you've got your new sassy shoes on. I do. Yeah, they are quite sassy. (laughs) (laughs) I like them. Well, that's good to be grateful for that, though. I mean, that doesn't seem shallow. It's a great example of customer service. I mean, talk about going above and beyond. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. Uh, this week for episode seven, when is it time to fire a client? Fire if you've client. got questions, or maybe you've got tips, or, or I'd love to hear your stories of yeah, success. Yeah, let us know your or, examples. Or maybe not such success. Go to woebizzle.com or go to our Facebook group, The Women of Woebizzle. If you haven't joined yet, please do. We would be glad to have you. Once again, thanks. Thanks for listening to The Woebizzle Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you prefer to listen. If you love what we're putting down, please rate us too. That would mean a lot. But most importantly, we want you to be part of our community. Head over to Facebook and request to join our group, The Women of Wolbizzle, and get the tools you need to succeed by signing up for our free weekly marketing tips at wolbizzle.com. We want to know what you're thinking. What challenges do you face? What questions do you have about running your business? Contact us on wobizzle.com and let us know. Bye Bye for for now. now.